0: So uh, could you let Twiz in to the kitchen? She's being annoying. Right. That's that.
1: Cool. Shall we um, get cracking? Because I'm conscious at 10am you have a date with Destiny. Indeed. Hmm. Good morning. Good evening. Oh, good overnight. Um, and a happy birthday to Jonathan Bradley. This is Anthony Price.
0: And this is birthday boy Jonathan Bradley, otherwise known as JB Ooh. to my friends. And um, I can't believe how young I look looking at myself uh, in the computer. Uh it's amazing what Zoom can do mm. uh, to de age you i think i've got I think there is a little thing that I've got on here which makes me look younger
1: yeah there's it, a, a filter isn't there
0: Let's yeah see. and it, and it's making me look um well i i I'm not a narcissist, but I'm looking at myself and I'm finding myself quite attractive today.
1: Do you think it could be partly down to the fact that you've got a beautiful new environment to sit in? Your, ah, your studio, your garage, your shed. Sorry. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I uh, I am framed by my shed, and I'm sporting my new beard, which I have a little um, barber shop down the road. They don't, oh, I won't be able to go there for a while. No. Anyway, they they do the hot towel job. On my head. or what job? Um, and it's bloody lovely. I've never had that before. They bring this machine to your face and it's a steamer. And when they first kind of, I've never been in one of these places before, and they, they brought this machine to my face and steam started jetting out. And I thought, what the hell is going on here? Mm-hmm. And then actually just, then they, then they go off, they run off and they come back with a, a really, really steaming hot towel. Um, and stick that on your head and you think you're about to suffocate and die but then you just get into a nice sort of state of uh, willing asphyxiation Um, and then they then they set to on cleaning your face up (laughs) which is also adding to my um, my birthday good looks this morning indeed
1: so can I ask have you done birthday presents yet and if so what were they? Uh, no, hmm. the present starts d- directly after recording. Is it? Is that? Is that what's happening? Yes, so this
0: is this is um, you are the my first um birthday Treat. face. Uh, I didn't even see my wife's face this morning. I, oh. I jumped out of bed, leapt in here into my shed, uh, and here we are.
1: Nice. So you're the
0: you're my first birthday face oh. apart from my own, obviously. Yeah, I can't think of a better face to look at. To be honest, well, well, well apart I, from my part, wife, I was going to say,
1: apart from your your dearly beloved. <laughs> no,
0: but I'll have lots of her face later.
1: <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Okay. Happy <laughs> birthday, JB. <laughs> um, what was I going to say to you? Um, I don't know. I think you've lost it. Now. I have. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, I have to tell the listeners I'm very disappointed um, in the Royal Mail, which is our British, um, by all accounts, Queen. Um, endorsed probably is the best way to describe it these days um postage service and on wednesday and we record this on a friday um this week uh, on wednesday i sent a guaranteed one o'clock next day delivery um mm. can i just i'm not going to I, i'm just saying for the for, for the
0: listeners that we have in outer mongolia i just want to clarify uh, the queen doesn't deliver the mail in this country you know so just 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 to make sure just in case you were wondering we don't have a queen that delivers the mail although it's not a bad idea Mm -hmm. to recruit the rest of the family into doing that because they haven't really got much
1: else to do these days so i think that would be a really good idea i think you're right unfortunately the queen doesn't have father christmas legend status she can't deliver Everyone's parcels, like like Father Christmas empties his sacks on your carpets every Christmas day. So there you go. Um, anyway, so I I asked the Royal Mail. Sorry, to, no, that's fine. To kindly deliver a birthday box of treats for Mister Bradley. To open during recording, and maybe just maybe. And we're now Friday, by the way. So it's now eighteen hours overdue in his in his lap. So I'm hoping maybe just maybe during the podcast recording it turns up his wife has been instructed to bring said parcel to him what do you mean ask nicely <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's like, come on and she Vora has
0: Matt. she she has agreed she she will comply with that wish uh should the um the queen arrive with my birthday present
1: that's good that's good oh breaking news Peter Sutcliffe has died there you go um No bad thing, really. No, exactly. I I think think we can live with that. Anyway, um, so how the podcast works. For those of you that don't know, that have not listened to the podcast before, it's a relatively simple affair um, from two, well, one simple gentleman, myself, and one genius in Jonathan Bradley. Um, Oh, come now. um, Well, what we do is we um, share a handful of articles around the world of leadership, and we simply... Um, discuss those articles and the sentiment from within them and we then also ask you as our lovely listeners to dig deep with your um, listener questions around leadership and if you do have a leadership question anything around managing people leading businesses ping them across to us and we will um, chew the fat on those questions we have two questions this week
0: but whatever you do, don't send your questions via the Royal Mail, no. uh, because <laughs> there's a there's a strong possibility that they might not get here in time. No. Uh, so Royal Mail, that's your first warning uh, to get your shit together, uh, because it's not really good enough. We're not happy today because no. it's my birthday, yeah. and I'm I, I can say what I like today, and and your postal service today sucks it does get over yourselves sort yourself out other delivery companies do it so must you stop
1: this get yourselves sorted wow that was that was leadership there from mr bradley i have to say Uh, one thing that we were talking about just before we started recording is the frustration we're now seven and a half months into covid pandemic and we're in lockdown 2.0 in the uk or england certainly at the minute and Yet they're still blaming COVID for lack of progress. I can tell you something. There is an abundance of available workers out there to help you get on with your stuff. But JB's right. Why is it that other career companies not, well, they're not even publicly owned Royal Mail anymore, are they? Um, You know, why is it they can deliver on time that you can't? It's down to poor leadership. Hey, bringing it right into the leadership stuff. Anyway, we have um, an email address for your listener questions, at globalleadershippodcast.gmail.com. We have our social media channels, Finders, Global Leadership Podcast, on your LinkedIn network. Or indeed, you can go to any podcast provider and messages there.
0: I was looking at the LinkedIn the other day, mm-hmm. and we've got an awful lot of LinkedIn people. Yeah. Where did they come from? I don't loads? know. There's, there's yeah. thousands, nearly
1: millions of them. <laughs> is there? Oh, I'm looking at the wrong page. Well, but it's certainly... it's. <laughs> certain- just a scroll down for
0: hours. Loads of people from everywhere.
1: Yeah, it's good. And the funny thing is, is that um, it's a fraction of the download numbers we get. Um, but as I think we said in a previous podcast, I guess um, not everybody that listens to the podcast also follows our page. I don't follow hardly any pages on LinkedIn, Apart from this, the global leadership podcast one, and, and my employer, and my future employer. Um, so yeah, there we go. But no, you're right. It's, so please do find us on on LinkedIn. Um, submit your questions via there, um, or of course there is Twitter, which is Lead Learn Pod. I probably need to change that Twitter handle. But the problem is I can't now because people are listening to old episodes. They'll search it, and then it won't work. So I think we're probably stuck with that now. So we have um, three articles this week. JB has du. I have un. Um, and then there are two listener questions. A couple of Bobby Dazzlers this week. I should add as well. So, um, JB, do you want to crack on with your article number one? Well, I'm I'm going to go for the easier option as it's my birthday. Okay.
0: Um, and on my birthday, I do tend to get what I what I want. Mm. Um, so this is from, I suppose, in some ways, it's a it's a bit of a the flipping dog uh, is really irritating. We've got this dog called Twizzle. Uh, she's a border terrier. She's a hairy little mutt, and she's neurotic, completely neurotic. Oh God, she's- So she comes into my shed. So she joins me in the shed. She, you know, Please, 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 can I come into your shed? I love my... <laughs> so she comes in here, sits by my side, and then starts whining. So I let her out. To go back into the house then she goes halfway between the house and the shed and starts moaning there and now she's outside the house whining and barking there um so listeners i do apologize uh, for the interruption to this broadcast but if you do hear whining and barking it's not me (laughs) even though it is my birthday
1: my dog has been packed off to some family friends for lockdown um, I have
0: kind I've asked my wife very very kindly to let her into the house via text, and so far uh, that request has not been met.
1: I know why. It's because she is busy offloading the parcel delivery that we've got turning up for you off the lorry.
0: I reckon she's she's wrapping up all my presents from around the world that she's brought in, specially to give me at 10 o'clock today. Exactly. So I better better crack on with my piece, otherwise we're going to end up not talking about anything at all, which is what normally happens. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Okay, so uh, CEO, Coaching International. I picked this up uh, off uh, the internet, and it's the seven biggest problems with leadership today. And it's written by this guy called Mark Moses, who is an entrepreneur. And CEO coach uh, at Coach CEO Coaching International. I like what this guy has to say. So uh, he talks about the seven biggest problems. We know a lot of these from our own experience uh, dealing with leaders. One is failure to communicate. Isn't it amazing, Ant? How many senior leaders and CEOs are so shit at communication? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. It's my birthday. I'm just, I'm just going to be a little bit outrageous today. I'm, I'm just going to say how it is. I mean, it's not that I don't normally, but I, I
1: pull my punches occasionally. He's becoming old and cantankerous.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I've, I've just increased my age by a year, and I'm suddenly a hell of a lot more cantankerous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Crikey! But well, um, I, I would agree with you, JB. Um, we've talked about this in previous episodes, um, and it, it, what frustrates me is a learning leader. Is the um, the the lack of ability of a company to recognize that as a problem and then really focus in on developing communication as a skill in their business? So absolutely. so mark Moses, uh, the the sentence that I think is is
0: cool here is effective communication is so hard because it takes commitment. Uh, you have to make effective communication a priority. Um, and that takes discipline, consistency, clarity of message, and a willingness to keep it at it day after day. I think because you and I come from a broadcasting background, mm. uh, we know that uh, what you say, times how many times you say it, is is a you know it's a little bit kind of rudimentary um, as a as a thing, but it's so true. Because some people, some CEOs I know, so they stand up, they do the big big set piece, and they think that's it for a year. That's <laughs> it. Done, I've done my communication. The rest of you now crack on. I think there's lots of stuff we're going to talk about today. That's not good enough. Uh, it's it's a strategy. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a communication strategy, um, and a willingness to keep at it day after day after day. Not just focusing on what's right for the business, but also making sure the communication is there for the people. Uh, Lack of accountability is the second um, point. And, you know, I mean, a lot of these things just go uh, without saying. But build the systems you need to support um, and be able to hold your people to account and don't get distracted uh, until they are part of your operations. So, again, you know, I think this this whole thing to me, this, this guy, Mark Moses is focusing on focus. You know, it's about focus. Communicate. Focus on accountability. These are just, they're sort of givens, but it's not bad sometimes just to go back through. This third point, Mm. I think, is something you've been talking about this week with me, um, which is fear of firing. Um, And, you know, people, people do... Uh, hold on to people uh, for too long. They're quick to hire and slow to fire. Yeah. Uh, and you know when you've got low skill, low will people in your team, in your organisation, and they've been there for months and months, uh, getting under the uh, under the, the to the. Will you go away? not you all right <laughs> dog. happy I, I'm birthday kill it. Kill it. to you. yeah no i must i must calm down and just relax it's my birthday mm. um anyway people people hire too quickly and fire too slowly uh, <clears throat> in organizations and we use this term fire with enthusiasm yeah uh, the the double-edged meaning of firing with enthusiasm
1: yeah, the, Do you the, want to say something on that one? Yeah, I, I, I think you, you make a good point. I, I think the, the, the if you are a leader listening to this podcast and you have this fear of firing, it can damage your credibility with your engaged people. You know, you've got, if you position your people in terms of the best and the worst, if you're seemingly doing nothing with the poor performers or the poor engaged people, it actually creates a culture of that that's acceptable behavior. And um, I mean, I think JB's used this term in a previous podcast, which I really liked, although it's quite brutal, which is sometimes you need to shoot a hostage. Um, Now, that that um, suggests that the hostage is indeed a victim. Um, And um, I would probably counter that by saying they are a victim if you've not supported their development. but. If you have an underperformer and you've exhausted all those options and people know you've exhausted those options to keep those people, I think does more damage to your credibility as a leader than exiting them with enthusiasm. Do it with dignity. Um, And and, and look, sometimes it's political. I'm aware that sometimes you don't want to fire someone because you might not be able to get the approval to have that role replaced. So therefore, you make a conscious decision of would rather have someone in the seat than no one at all um but unfortunately i think it it it's a it's a fault of business and i know there are generally reasons why they have these policies in place especially the larger organisations but um i do think this point is so relevant and it's tough right now because there is a lot more uncertainty in the world so therefore exiting someone can clearly have a bigger impact on them than in good times but it it certainly is something that i think leaders often have a fearful especially if they've done well to create a culture of you know a close-knit community as this article mentions do you know what
0: man i'm going for my shed mm. i'm i'm going to get a a little framed thing i'm going to make it myself mm-hmm. and it's going to be uh, fire people with enthusiasm and I'm, I'm going to make it all bold and big and i'm going to stick that in my shed uh, because I think that is the job of a CEO to fire people with enthusiasm <clears throat> and to create a culture where it's it's normal to do just that. Either way, it's 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 exciting, it's brutal, it's big, it's bold, and that's what that is an action from this podcast today. <laughs> I'm in that you can. See, I'm in a funny, funny mood on my birthday. I should have one of these every day. Yeah,
1: yeah. You're not uh, I'd be scary, old, though, wouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so, anyway, the next point is lack of alignment. And um, imagine being a fish trying to swim upstream. Yeah. I d- so alignment to me. I, I I like that metaphor, but I like it even more when you've got a shoal of fish. And then you've got a few in that shoal uh, just completely getting it wrong, going left at the wrong moment, or going backwards when everyone's trying to go forwards. And you know what's that about? Well, I think leadership needs to take some responsibility for that, and again, I think it comes back to that that you know the frequency of the everyday communication and make that you know another framed um thing on the wall uh which is it is about the frequency the quality and impact of those everyday communications and conversations uh to keep everybody in the show going in the right direction Mm. it's an everyday thing gang it's not a it's not a just a one-off yeah i thought this Um, would fall
1: into your task land side more so than anything else
0: Yes, well, I think I think it does sort of fit in there. Um, the, the next one, uh, number five, is a lack of clear vision, uh, and I'm going to not say too much about that because in my next one, there's quite a lot about vision. Okay, uh, but but obviously, a clear vision uh, is pretty useful, or not. I don't, you know, I, I'm
1: I'm having a little bit of a oh goodness, JB. Think Today that. today's a prolific day. We should listen yes, back to this is. podcast in years to come, saying that was the moment where JB um, went and started to go see C now. Yeah, okay. I'm
0: yeah. They're, they're, so ever, all those years uh, of my life have, have built up for today, for this podcast, Amazing. all the learning. It's coming out now.
1: It's incredible. We maybe need to get yeah. you an IFW t-shirt as well then. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I so, feel a bit jet propelled. <laughs> wow. Cool. Um, <laughs> Christabel is in for a treat later. Um, Poor woman. Yeah. Um, As you say, if your next article makes more reference to vision, I think you're right. But interestingly, as I read this this morning, it reminded me that there's a question in here, ask three people um, what the business's vision is and see what they say, which gives you a good barometer of whether people think there is a clear vision. Um, And I think the listeners know now that um, I'm in the process of launching with a group of co-founders, a company which I have to be seen as the visionary for that company. And I guess um, there would be arguably if I was to ask three people what my vision was or the business's vision was, it may blur into two areas. One is um, the one I think it should be, which is to be famous as being the first ever live interactive virtual learning company. Um, and the other side of it will be to, I guess, they think, well, it's all about um, being, you know, really, really good trainers, you know. So there's, I think, the, the clear is the bit that resonated for me in that, and asking three people. And I am gonna probably not ask three people today that question in the business because I'm worried I might think, oh, bloody hell, I've done a bad job there. So instead, I'm gonna learn from this article and I'm gonna start campaigning, as you say, JB, that. You know, we want to be famous for being live, virtual and interactive as a learning provider.
0: Brilliant. Uh, there is a quote which I've just been trying to find whilst you were talking. Mm. And by the end of this podcast, I'm going to bloody find it. And it's a it's a wonderful quote by this guy called Nicole. Uh And it's about your destination being a distant shore. And it's it's I again, I think it's another thing that I want in my shed. Which I'm going to say, I'm not going to have any space <laughs> at all on my walls with all of these things. Uh, but it's a beautiful quote, and I'm going to try and find it by the end of this um, session. Anyway, so lack of a clear vision uh, is a big, big problem. Let's face it; it's a problem. But I mm. think it's the other things that need to go around it, like the communication that is so important. Poor execution. Um, you know, I, I don't know. We can. I can think of lots of leaders currently. Uh, on the world stage, uh, that are not so far away from us, uh, where execution, I think, is a little bit on the ropey side. Mm. Uh, but I won't say any more than that. Uh, so that's another one, and I'm I'm just going to go a little bit quicker now. Um, and the, the seventh one is a company culture, uh, and you know, I I think the uh, the, the point about this is that people just fall into whatever the culture is. They don't, they don't make it, they don't create it. Uh, and, you know, make, make the culture strategy as important as the business strategy. You've said uh, before,
1: culture eats strategy for breakfast, haven't you?
0: Yeah, so I, I think um, design your culture, design your culture uh, and, and then be absolutely uh, relentless. Uh, don't don't let it happen by default. Uh, be very very conscious about creating uh, the culture for the business uh, and for the time. Uh, so I thought that was quite thought provoking, quite useful when I read it. I hope it's been useful uh, to our listeners as well. Uh, just a few little points there.
1: Yeah, I, I liked it a lot actually, and it it was quite a good barometer. I did did smile when. Um, the writer is a coach and seems to have an awful lot of infinite wisdom um so it must be all the receipt of of the communications from his coach coaches that he got that yes. thinking from
0: i I'd, i'm i'm inclined to find out a little bit more uh about
1: mark moses yes. entrepreneur and ceo coach yes absolutely next then i'm up and there is an article on SmartBrief.com, um and um the um author of this article is Bill Donahue, I believe um, and he writes essentially an article which again like JB's previous article for me was quite thought-provoking today which is called Mining Your Leadership Story. Yes, yes. Um, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah uh, and um, I think What I liked about this article is the principle behind it is that you kind of have to recognise your leadership style today is probably as a result of influences of how you led previously. Um, And it reminds the reader to mine their leadership history to help you shape how you are today and either be conscious of reflecting that as a way to improve or change or actually remember what makes you successful in previous leadership positions. And that's what I really liked about it. So it kind of pillars around a few different statements, which is digging through past decisions, you know, whether were, were good or bad first and foremost, but what have they taught you, so almost have a have a reflection conversation with yourself about digging through those past decisions. What was the outcome of it? What made you go through the process to make that decision? And was it right or was it wrong? And actually, as a result of being right or wrong in your mind, actually, was the outcome as as disastrous as it might have been amongst other things? Um, So um, it it kind of asks questions such as, how quickly was I able to decide it? What factors influenced the speed of my decision? Um, What was the ripple effect of my actions or inaction? Overall, how do I feel about the decision? Would I make that same decision again if the circumstances had changed today? So that one I thought was really interesting. The second section second section talks about revitalizing the relationships that you have. And JB and me talk about JB more so than I on leadership programs. Um, JB is famous for the for the statement um, how well do you know focus or value your people and I think as part of your leadership mining exercise take an opportunity to reset relationships with people especially if you think they're not as good as they could be Um, so revitalize those relationships um, become more awake to the relationships you have with your direct reports really really interesting Um, how do your people feel And how have they felt in the past and how could they change for the future? I think that's a really interesting kind of perspective. The final section of the article um, talks around taking note of the transforming moments. So looking at the current situation and the past and maybe being more conscious about the future. If you take a big decision, make note of it. Take some time to reflect on it. And actually, do you know what? I was messaging someone yesterday. They said, well, how's the new business set up going and I said to them I'm hoping to stop for five minutes to reflect on it in a few weeks time and then I read this article <laughs> um, and this is the thing I think sometimes we a bit uh, Do you know what I compare this to your wedding day the best piece of advice I was given before I got married was on your wedding day take your wife and go and go somewhere quiet for 10 minutes halfway through the day just to stop and take a breath for a minute to reflect about the day you've had so far because it goes so quickly before you know it, it's all over and your wedding day is Typically supposed to be the happiest day of your life, which I'm sure for many listeners, I know JB included. Um, it certainly was um, to Christabel. Just to, to clarify, well the, the second the second one, yes, the, yeah, 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 the yeah. first yeah. one
0: was a bit tense.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully she's not listening. If she is, then sorry about that. No, um, she'd, she'd she'd agree. No, for- <laughs> <laughs> no, no I,
0: I haven't married my current wife twice. It was the first marriage with yes. another one yeah. that didn't work out so well. But you, my kids you, aren't listening. Sorry, kids. Yeah, it's but, my birthday.
1: But they they're probably aligned on your thinking as well and anyway but my point being is is that um uh, sometimes it's important to take stock and i think sometimes we need to get off the treadmill to, and at the moment it's really tough that covid is causing us to work at a pace and a work rate that we've probably not done before so um take stock of those transformational moments stop and reflect don't let it pass you by without really compartmentalizing that decision and the impact it it's had as making that decision before it goes on somewhere else so anyway that's the article i th- i liked what do you think of it jb well i d- i thought it was really great and um i think to
0: to summarize it uh really uh it, it says experience is not the best teacher experience is not the best teacher evaluating the experience is the best teacher
1: not the decision and- itself but how you got to that decision
0: yeah and I I quite like that for me this is where SOS comes in mm. uh, which is you know how does it, how is it affecting you self? how did it affect others the O and how did it affect the situation? Uh, just just going through those um, going through those kind of measures, and ways of, of evaluating self, others' situation, I think could be quite a good way of just digging a little bit deeper. Mining, really mining. What the heck happened there? Uh, we, we meet people who are just so busy in task land uh, and keeping their jobs and mm. keeping their heads above water uh, that that uh, awareness uh, is, is actually, or the task of raising awareness in themselves and being supported by colleagues and uh, bosses to do that is not abundant. And, and nowadays uh, that needs to be so much more abundant, methinks. Yeah, I agree. Uh, which actually quite
1: nicely <clears throat> segues into my second piece. I have to say the two articles so far feel very practical. Some of our articles are more theoretical. But I do feel that there is some tangible actions listeners could take from the, um, the articles we've so far reflected upon today in their today work.
0: Yes. Well, you see, I, I think there's a really good combination of reflection and practical uh, learning, things that we can actually put in place. And, and I, I feel, uh, having been on the receiving end of training in my life, where there is one emphasis on the practical takeaways from the learning and you must leave this room and do uh, enact these 10 things it worries me it's always worried me that there wasn't enough uh emphasis placed on evaluating and thinking uh about reflecting on on these things i think you know, a lot, of, a lot of time actually needs to be spent just raising one's own awareness. And I think the best training I've ever been involved with and been on the receiving end of, I just, you know, I'm stroking my beard in a big way. I'm just thinking, oh, my God, that is so thought-provoking. That is really helping me. I'm not quite sure how to apply it yet, but... I, I think it, it's, it's kind of, that's going to be useful for me down the line. I don't know how, and I don't know when, but it's big enough. It's a big enough thing to disturb me a little bit to really start thinking. And, and I trust that. I trust, I, tra- it's, I think some trainers get a little bit kind of, I've got to get this over to these people by the time they leave this room. Otherwise, I haven't got an ROI um and i said relax 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 because so much work is done when these people leave the room you don't have to be there uh for them to learn Mm. you know you just don't just just be just do the work to to make it work uh in helping people either to be a little bit disturbed maybe um just disturb the waters get them thinking reflecting a little bit more than they normally do Am I talking utter nonsense? No, you're think, not. Answer. But I'm excited.
1: This is the prequel into your rather interesting final article, which is what's getting me a little bit frothy.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. Um, now, <laughs> I, um, I've got a, a, a little... I've been quite clever with my technology. Whilst speaking, whilst listening,
1: mm.
0: whilst broadcasting, I found this quote. Don't I'm worry. getting the hang of my technology.
1: This is exciting um, stuff.
0: Uh, yeah. So anyway, I'm going to read it out and I, I, it makes me feel quite emotional <laughs> on my birthday uh, because I just love this quote. It's just brilliant. Here it is. It's by Nicole and Maurice Nicole. And it's this, our task, like that of the early sailor learning the rhythms of an ocean's winds and tides, is to discover enough to ride unpredictable forces respectfully towards a distant yet desirable shore.
1: Isn't that beautiful? It is. I was letting the silence do the talking.
0: It. it I don't know. I, I find it massively engaging, the idea of being an early sailor, learning the rhythms of an ocean's winds and tides to discover enough to ride the unpredictable forces respectfully toward a distant yet desirable shore. Oh. now this feeds into my article and it's huge, this flipping thing. So I'm going mm. to attempt to praise it as much as I can um
1: it's not in the 500 word limit is it
0: (laughs) it's not really but i want to share it because i think it might be really for our time Mm. and it's a Harvard business review publication um and it's the psychology behind effective crisis leadership by Giampiero piero
1: yeah that's how i thought i'd pronounce when i read it
0: (laughs) and i hope i've got that nearly right it was it was published in april this year. Um, and uh, it's got some really, really interesting points. It challenges what we may have as pre- preconceived ideas about vision. And it argues that a lot of people have these huge visions in their heads. To get their organizations to this point in the future. And sometimes the impact of that, and, and this guy talks about the impact on our bodies, on our well being, and that we can be ignited by it, but is it burning us out? Is it, is it burning out the organization? Is it burning out the senior leader team mm. uh, and the managers and, and everybody in this uh, organization? So it starts on picking uh, visionary leaders. And you know the kind of one-trick pony visionary leader, the vision is the vision and that's it. Uh, You know, all other conversations are absolutely uh, irrelevant compared to the destination that we are going in. Not noticing, of course, that a lot of people uh, are in massive pain, particularly during times of crisis and uncertainty or radical change, things that we are right in the middle of right now. I think it's fair to say that um, so many organisations uh, are in the midst of massive, massive uh, change. And a, a lot are in huge, huge crisis and burnout. And they've got these massive visions uh, that they are contending
1: with. I think the, the one positive, if you can call it that from all of this, is that there is a lot more honesty about the pain leaders are feeling now than you would have seen in good times. Because um, a lot of leaders think it's weakness to show vulnerability. And I think this year, with mental health becoming such a hot topic, because there's a realisation if you don't... It's the elephant in the room is just getting too bloody big now to ignore. Um, that leaders are starting to show more vulnerability, to show humility that it's okay to feel that it's not good. Um, and I know that's a really weird comment but I do think that if we can draw some positives it's about raising the awareness that in crisis leadership vulnerability and humility are are probably previously topics that would have been considered a sign of weakness rather than a sign of strength I, I think that's absolutely spot on with where this is going
0: because um People are often moved to move. Already, they're, they're moved sufficiently to move towards that, uh, you know, Nichols' uh, desirable distant shore. You know, they want they want to be on that boat. They like the gang. They 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 want to be part of this. But flipping Eck, you know, they are dealing with so much crap. And yes, they are. Uh, losing confidence, perhaps in themselves and others around them, and they 're at risk you know they 're a bit of a flight risk they they bought into the idea uh of getting to this um desirable distant shore uh but but this crisis suddenly that wasn't that wasn 't in the in the job description <laughs> that we were going to have a flipping crisis uh that that wasn 't there so the the next bit of thinking in this article, which I it does remind me of um, stuff that I did um, during my psychology degree, and and it's um, holding, uh, and it's a it's a psychological term, um, and it has a it has a specific meaning, and uh, it describes the way another person, you know, often a boss, an authority figure. Um, these words are really useful contains and interprets contains and interprets Mm -hmm. the situation uh, that is happening right now during uncertain uncertain times and uncertainty Uh, this holding is containing and interpreting you know so when we started talking right at the beginning of this podcast we're talking about uh, the Requirement for frequent, quality, impactful communication around vision. This is really th- this is one of these things for me today. I'm just kind of really thinking it's got me thinking a lot about holding during crisis. So we're not saying drop drop the vision. No, the distant desirable shore must be kept alive and kicking, maybe modified, maybe tweaked. But at the same time, uh, the people in our boat uh, need holding. I love that word Mm. uh, because it feels like a a sort of hug. (laughs) It feels like a bit of love, you Mm. know, a bit of humanity um, and holding and containing and interpreting. So if the leader role models this containment and interpretation of these winds and tides and rhythms changing as we as we still respectfully move towards that desirable distant shore this for now is is massively important uh in the way that we communicate with our people
1: one of the things that I liked about that statement is it reminded me of the whole perception of meaning comes from the recipient and not the communicator. And sometimes as leaders, we we rush to make a statement in response to something that we are aware of is becoming a situation. So we learn of, the, we receive some communication and we process and act too quickly. But I liked the point around compartmentalizing and pausing and reflecting before making some rash decisions so for me the 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 um uh, the, the 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 interpretation thing i think was was quite an interesting thing that resonates um and something that leaders need to really think about at the moment so um are we
0: all right on time <clears throat> because i think this is this is quite important this we are. stuff yep because uh, i think it's absolutely germane to um your life at work for a lot of people right now and i think there are well i don't think i know there are a lot of people out there who are not who don't have a sense of being held they 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 are in in organizations where the vision is strong and the communication around vision is strong or um you know they they are um on training programs and getting on with their jobs and, and so on but but actually do they feel held, are they feeling like they've been held and is it uh, is it more useful to have a strong vision or, or you know, the strong vision of a bright future hmm. or to feel like you're being held. And there is, a, there is a piece of research that suggests that right now, a sense of being held is more important than stories
1: about the bright future. For me, I, the two words that resonated most with me there, JB, was right now. Um, I think you're right. I think at the moment, a company in crisis needs to have the 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 short the, the short term vision is about as being resilient and coping with the punches as they roll because there's so much unpredictability and that for me to your point gives a sense of being assured and held but it's it's the sustainability and longevity of how long that would hold before people realize that it you know we've got nothing to look forward to here so And I guess the question is, if we were to review that article again in another six months and things haven't improved in the world, um, whether our opinion remains the same. But I think you're right. It's certainly uh, short term, short term being three, six months. Absolutely. I want to feel held. I want to feel belonging. Um, We know, you know, and, and I was talking to an elderly relative of mine who said that they feel and they were born in 1940s, just after the Second World War. And they said this is affecting them more than the world, the war did, um, because they were being brought up just after things had ended. But there was huge poverty. The, the you know the UK was a complete mess, but there was a sense of being held, <laughs> um, and the the future was unknown because they weren't still sure at that point whether there would be you know the, it was game over or there was going to be more conflict. Um, and that was an okay holding message but then you know then it was about the new vision for the future but in that moment there was that whereas now at the moment because we're all isolated from each other um in this new norm of being stuck and isolated from one another i think that maybe is where leaders might need to work hard on is that belonging piece
0: 100 percent. so um here here's here's some other kind of useful backup to this um so a psychoanalyst uh, donald winnicott um observed that being held well was necessary for healthy growth in children hmm. and as parents you and me yours are younger and i'm sure a lot of our listeners, Um, our parents too. Uh, Parents who were available but not demanding, reassuring but not intrusive, responsive but not reactive, present if not perfect. This guy Winnicott observed these things provided a holding environment Hmm. that made children feel more comfortable and curious uh holding made space for them to learn and how to make sense of and manage uh their inner and social worlds interesting
1: i like the word curious in that
0: yeah and to develop a, a robust sense of self self, others' situation, Um, self with a healthy regard for its abilities and limitations, potentials, a self that can learn, play, work, face hardships, and sustain hope through it all towards that distant, desirable shore. Uh, Caretakers who held well did not shelter children from distress and turns of fate, but they buffered children enough uh, that they could process that distress and help them to contain it and find words to describe it. This resonates, I think, and with with a hell of a lot of work and stuff that we've been doing over the last few weeks, really, Mm. um, as, you know, um, good holding... Uh, not only makes us more comfortable uh, and courageous, it makes us it makes us mm.
1: uh,
0: it's that It's that lovely combination of you know with people, kids, whatever you know this lovely balance of of challenge and support so um, this whole thing um, is about this kind of attentive availability. Uh, to uh, hold, to, ha- to enable people uh, to feel held. And to me, that um, is a new dimension that I want to really do my own little bit of thinking about. Uh, I found that article Im- immensely stimulating and the, the know me, focus me, value me, mm. I think... This, this, is, this is a lovely new way of uh, describing that feeling. I'm known, I'm, I'm focused, I'm not over-focused. I have enough uh, focus from this person to focus myself. That's the deal. And I'm valued. My thinking's valued. The way that I interpret, the, the way that I contain and make sense of this is respected around here know me, focus me, value me, uh, I feel held by my organisation. And the best companies I've worked for, i felt that, and the worst I didn't. And I, I look at governments and I wonder, is that too distant, too far away to feel as a, as a citizen of the world, of a, as a citizen of my country, do I, is, it, is it fair for me to ask the question? do I feel held? Um, I don't know. Uh, mm. I'm going to think about that. Not my birthday. I'll park that today. <laughs> it, it, it is, uh, I've got to have fun today. I will have fun today, whether I like it or not. So yeah. I'm going to. Um, and um, anyway, that's, I've had far too much, Mike, and you've been incredibly respectful and generous with me, probably
1: because it's my birthday. <clears throat> yeah.
0: uh, so I'm going. Yeah. I'm going to shut up now.
1: No. Please don't. No, I, I. Likewise, I mean, I think you've said everything that needs to be said in that article. Um, three really good articles this week, I feel, um, and and a very um, a very uh, reflective. Um, Jonathan Bradley um, on his birthday I feel Um, obviously poignant um, on that basis Uh, so we do have two listener questions JB this week Um, so a bit of a change of gear plus if I'm not mistaken we wish to make an announcement to the listeners about a slight change of tack with the podcast Um, yes which which should we do first
0: Um, I think we might hold the listeners longer with the
1: questions okay fine <laughs> we might hold them they might feel more held and i like i like the the link there very good so we have two listener questions this week um the first one is is quite funny it's been sent by a person called kia um who i don't think it's their real name um but they the question is Corbin being suspended is that good leadership <sighs> Now, for those of you that aren't understanding what's been going on in the British, I mean, look, there's been a lot more interesting things going on across the globe in the political circles of late. But in the UK, um, there has been an opposition party that was run by a rather um, unique, I think is the most impartial way to describe it right now, um, a unique maverick of a leader of an opposition party so clearly you know us you've got republicans and democrats in the uk you've got the main two parties are conservative and labor conservatives have governed either in coalition or in isolation for the last 10 and a half years now and um the opposition have gone through a bit of a carousel of opposition leaders um i think they're on their third in 10 years is that right was it possibly four No it's third um Uh, Gordon Brown stepped down in 2010, then there was Ed Miliband, and then there was this guy. Um, This guy has never won any elections and um, unfortunately brought the whole party into a huge level of infighting um, and um, was not particularly good at dealing with anti-Semitism in the party. And um, for, I reckon, a good couple of years, there was huge criticism around the lack of dealing with the problem, um, unfortunately. And unfortunately for the party, they didn't necessarily even deal with the fact that they weren't dealing with it when they were told they weren't dealing with it. And they were living, I think, in denial. Anyway, the um, this party leader called Jeremy Corbyn um, was then... Of, well, I say was fired he wasn't but the electorate gave him quite a clear verdict of get lost you ain't going to work with you running the country so you need to step down if your party that you so believe in um is ready to govern so he stepped down in speech marks just after the election a year ago um after the new party leader was nominated and announced in easter of this year now since this new leader Keir Starmer has joined the party, I'm not sure whether he asked for it or it was in, it was independent, wasn't it? It was completely independent. And the verdict of this inquiry was that the party was awful, awful, awful at dealing with this, and the leader has an awful lot of responsibility to bear for that. The leader, the outgoing leader Jeremy Corbyn, then made a statement which didn't even apologise for it and pretty much didn't rebuke it but basically said i recognize what you're saying but is that a parcel i've
0: got a parcel (gasps)
1: um is it the is it the parcel let me see thank you my
0: darling um Um, it's a parcel uh it's uh, called one vision ah that's not (laughs) funny is that not it no (laughs) Oh. oh. Well, I'm sure it's another wonderful birthday present for me.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Thank you, darling. That was very kind
1: of <clears throat> you. I've just i just out you go, dog. Bye-bye. I just refreshed the track and trace. Um that's not um COVID track and trace but raw mail, and it's saying it's out for delivery. So it will be delivered today.
0: So some someone was listening to the podcast, however they did that, I don't know, and have sent me a box called Vision. <laughs> they sent me a vision box.
1: I love it. <laughs> Um, Sorry, Anne. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. So um, we are basically at the stage where the um, outgoing opposition leader has basically pretty much dismissed the inquiry as pointless. His fan base have come out in defence of him. And subsequently, the new leader has suspended the old leader, from even being a member of the party due to the inability to apologise. Now, when you read the narrative around this, the old leader, the new leader, sorry, used to report into the old leader and was part of the problem, a lot of commentators are saying, because he didn't challenge it when he was, you know, in the opposition cabinet, if you will. Um, secondly, um, the... Um, my understanding is that he had to suspend him by mistake because, unfortunately, they released their, their statements at a similar time. And I believe that the new leader, Keir Starmer, said, you know, I'm sure he will apologise, and if not, we'll be dealing with it very harshly. And then at the same time, he's released a statement where he doesn't apologise, so he's been snooking into a corner now to have to suspend him. Um, so it's all a bit of a mess. There is now... Um, uh, I believe an appeal process going on to get him back in the party but still not apologising for it and unfortunately it means that our opposition party is going to be nowhere near governing but the question is after that very long monologue and a password delivery sorry JB um, is suspending Jeremy Corbyn the old leader by the new leader, leader an example of good leadership JB
0: yes 100% um, and Corbyn, low low skill low skill as a leader uh just abysmal but I'll have a whole load of people if they listen to this attacking me for saying that and i don't care um to to my mind uh he was a dreadful uh communicator uh i really don't think he tackled the um uh semitic anti-semitic problem uh in the the labour party robustly enough uh he, he he didn't he said some very unfortunate things and uh supported certain initiatives which you know won't go into the detail now but um were really unfortunately managed really unfortunately communicated and these these were legacies hanging round the Labour Party's neck because of one man, Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, he was not um going to ever uh become the British Prime Minister. And you know, what, what was what was what's the point of a of a party um but to, to get into power? Uh now he was not ever going to be capable of that <laughs> um, the voters have have decided that uh his will uh was to do very different things uh to what the population wanted uh to what his party actually wanted and i think Sir secure or Sir clear as i like to call him um was very clear uh, i i think he's done exactly the right thing uh robustly uh rejected anti-semitism and has accepted uh the uh, all the uh guidelines uh, of this um study and, and and so therefore i'm massively in support of his actions and believe that he is uh potentially a, a great leader <clears throat>
1: Hmm. we might differ here and no, no and, and I, i'm not for that it is my birthday yeah no, and, and look hey the good thing is if we agree on everything then it's uh, so i agree he has the potential to be a good leader potential being the operative word here unfortunately he's i gave you that word yeah you did <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, that was yeah a nice disclaimer no the 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 the, the challenge that this Kier has is that he doesn't necessarily have the genuine ability to lead because, unfortunately, his deputy is also elected by his members, um, as in the employees. If you were to- translating it into an employee-employer environment, so. Sakir has been nominated and elected as the CEO of this organisation, but his deputy has also been elected by the employees of this organisation, who is very closely aligned to the legacy leader and has been ultimately nominated by the unions who are very, very fiercely favourable of Jeremy Corbyn leading this movement. So I would say he's a leader with quite difficult injuries that may make it difficult for him to lead. That said, my comment on this uh, on this question is I'm not sure he has done enough because number one, the elephant in the room is he, as I said earlier, was part of that opposition group of leaders. He was in the shadow cabinet um, during all this going on and he never resigned and he never came out and said what he now says. Um, And this gentleman has also changed his narrative on a number of things since being in opposition leadership and now the opposition leader of the party but I would argue that if he is a real leader he now needs to come because he's not going to he's not going to get rid of this division in his party unless he nips it in the bud he needs to take a side which I presume is the right side as I see it I want I would love to vote for the Labour Party Um, because I'm kind of am tired of our current government and that's quite scary bearing in mind we've got four years and a month left of it in theory (laughs) Um, or I think actually that could be five and a half years isn't it because it's May so anyway we've got uh, about five years left of this this existing government which are going to have to sort their shit out if they want to get anywhere but I would be nervous about voting in a party that has so much division in it. So a good leader with five years to go to sort this out would be a leader that says anyone that even takes the side of this person, that it is trying to get this person reselected and be allowed into the party, unfortunately, you're also part of the problem. Get out. You're not welcome here. Go and create your separate party. And I can be pretty sure that the party, the, the, the new Labour, should I say, rather than the old Labour, which I think is where this this problem exists, is that the old label will, will never, ever be electable. But I reckon there is enough people that are current Conservative voters and ex-Liberal Demo- Liberal, Liberal Democrat voters who probably would give him a ticket to run this country if he could show leadership where this is. But I unfortunately think that there is far more fractions in the Labour Party, given this situation, to make them electable because... I wouldn't have confidence to vote for the party right now. And the second reason I wouldn't is because apparently a lot of the Jeremy Corbyn fans have the opinion that anyone that's ever voted conservative uh, ever in their life is therefore a child murderer. And they label them, which I don't see conservative voters labelling Labour Party activists with similar labels. Um, And for that reason, I think, yes, the question was. Is it an example of good leadership? Yes, but I don't think it was designed to be that He did it because he was backed into a corner, and I am very nervous that unless he goes further to actually say, "Get out of this party if you think this is even the fact you're appealing shows there is never you're not fixing the problem you're you're putting a sticky plaster over it. That's not good leadership well <laughs> uh I, happy a birthday
0: week, a, a, to... Happy birthday. <laughs> a week in politics is a very long time. It is. Five years, Ant, mm. uh, of this government and their opportunity to heal the divisions in the country, um, heal the divisions in their own party, uh, recover f- our situation with corona and uh, the uh, Brexit area, uh, which I will leave there. And uh, they've got five years to get that sorted. Mm-hmm. At the same time, uh, sakia has five years uh, to get these measures. Uh, I think he is more strategic uh, than you give him credit for. I, I think he is moving uh, respectfully towards a- his distant shore. And I am going to be very interested. I, I think it, I think what he's done so far is a mark of leadership under different difficult circumstances.
1: And I watch this space. I would I would say. I, I I agree with you to a point, but I think because there is such a long time now is the time to do some really brutal stuff. You know, if if you've just bought a company, and you know that you've got. You know your board have given you two years to sort it out. You do all the awful stuff right at the beginning, those tough decisions, because you know you've still got the ticket for two years to, to 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 keep to 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 rebuild what you've demolished. It needs demolishing, and by procrastinating and saying it as a, it's I'll do it. You know, let's just do it bit by bit. No, do the bold stuff now demonstrate your leadership and then prove people were right because if you leave the decisions until too late you're not going to have a chance for the, it to recover if you cut a leg off your octopus um, anyway well he's still got seven other legs this is true. uh tentacles this is true this is true let's hope that they all swim in the right direction the same direction But well, i'm just looking for the other question <laughs> um, 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 um i'm intrigued to know what this box of vision is yeah, why don't you, do you know open what it? Think it what, you could open think, it. And it
0: I th- well, I think, I do know what, I think it might be. I think it might be my little painting, oh, a little indulgence oh. on my part. This,
1: does, this, does, if it is, does she know?
0: it's a painting um, of a lovely, um, it's going to sound a bit pervy now, but it's a, a painting of a, of a lady oh. um, in a street and it's done by this Russian. So I've had this sent over, well, if it is this, it's... it's well, while you're painting. opening that, I'll read out the yeah. question so you can reflect okay.
1: whilst unwrapping, if that's OK.
0: I'll try and I'll try and multi skill. Okay. listen to you doing that and open my.
1: OK, bowls. so the question is um, from anonymous. How do you remain authentic when you've given up on the company that employ you and your team? Which is well, a- I think that's one for you to answer. In <laughs> <end. laughs> You leave with enthusiasm. Uh, <laughs> um, How Ooh. do you remain authentic? Ooh, is it is it? It is. it is okay, so I'll answer the question while he unbubble wraps it, and I'm then going to refresh the Royal Mail track and trace because I'm conscious he's got present opening with his Mrs. Bradley in a couple of minutes, and therefore,
0: um... actually, no, it's not my Russian painting. It's a, it's a, oh, it's New York. Sorry, Anne. Can no, it's for,
1: hey, I'm excited to see the picture, and um, maybe we should put it up as the graphic for the week on the podcast. Anyway. How do you remain authentic Um, when you don't believe in the company you work for anymore? I think that's what the wording was. Let me just reread it again. One second. Um, How do you remain authentic when you've given up on the company that employ you and your team? I think you still can. Um, uh, Arguably, though, I think you have to have a honest conversation with yourself about what you want your reputation to be. If it is evident that the company that you're working for has lost you and your team. And therefore, it's about resilience of your team. I would ask you to really consider the thinking around what if you intend to leave the company that you no longer respect or want to work for, how many of those people do you want to have working for you? Voluntarily, of course, you're not going to poach them. But if they're going to want to work for you again in the future, how you act now will define that. And I think what you need to do is create certainty for your people. And that's what you are. That's what you want to be famous for is creating certainty and if you've if you and your team have lost respect for the company you work for i suspect it's because the decisions they're taking gives you a sense of no, no longer belonging which links back to what jb um talked about in the most recent article so i would argue you need to think about what you owe your people in being an effective leader um so Authenticity doesn't necessarily mean swallowing the company policy and vision. It means what is your team's vision? And maybe it might be sensible for you to focus on what your team's why is. You know, we know this business is in a mess. It's broken. Here's what we can do to support what we need to do for our people. What are what is our why? What is what do we need to do for customers for people? What is the role of our function? And think focus on that rather than the company. And then you can be authentic Um, and it's it's a tough question to answer as to whether you're honest about your lack of respect for the company you now work for. Um, and um, that will obviously then be judged in the future if all of a sudden you're starting to toe the party line again. So you just need to think really carefully about it, really. JB, now you've unwrapped.
0: Well, it reminds me of... Um... A, a marriage situation where you are married to somebody and you're suddenly presented um, by this person uh, that you're married to with some really dreadful news and your marriage has been going through some difficult times and you've been to counselling you've, you've, you've tried you know, different ways of making it work and then this person then tells you uh, I've been having an affair for five years and let me, let me connect that up uh, it's difficult for an organisation to understand what you're going through and what you're feeling if you're not able to talk about the elephant in the room and the elephant in the room is that you no longer Uh, have confidence or respect of the people you work for it's not making any sense and to kind of re-quote you're not you're not feeling like you're being held and I suspect that the vision's not making sense to you either you're not you're not believing in any of that you're holding your people you you seem to want to uh support your people Uh, but there isn't still this elephant in the room so when you burn out and you've had enough and you can't hold that uh impossible position you then go to the company and say that i'm the reason i'm leaving is because of these things they may well turn around to you and say why didn't you say this before because that doesn't fit with all the things that have been happening over the last 6 months to a year or two that that holding that holding that position is is psychologically unsafe mm.
1: that's
0: not a that's not a good place to be at all so the the courageous decision that i feel you might need to make is to take that question and put it to your bosses and say this is how i feel i want to be really honest i want to make a difference i will 100 percent support my people i will i will hold them through this but i need to be known focused and valued by you i need to see some change it is perfectly legitimate for you to take your feelings higher and expose those feelings for you for the business
1: and your team two very different answers there but a great choice of well in fact you could choose both the options couldn't they like those nice we, we need to rush, because I know you've got a date with, with your oh, yeah. good lady. So this is, this is
0: um, some photographs that I took in New York.
1: Wow.
0: And I, I put them all together in a collage and um, framed it. And this is my birthday present to my wife. Nice. She doesn't know this. Wow. I, isn't that cool that it arrived on my birthday?
1: It is very good. It's as if it's destiny. Just a shame that the bloody parcel that we wanted to open live on air didn't never arrive. Oh, I
0: know. What do you think, Anne? Do you it's, like? it?
1: I like it a lot. I like it. I love the. Fo- I love the way you've collaged it as well. You'd have to show me how to you, you do these collages because you've done. There's a few. You've got your son on the wall in, in kind of a yeah. a, a kind yeah. of um, a psychedelic. He's a thing. Yeah, he's a policeman,
0: and he's he's um, there's he's six foot six. Believe it or not so fitting him into this pitch was quite difficult. So I chopped him into lots of little bits, oh, and God. he's he's there. And there's a reason for that, because he's quite sensitive about uh, any exposure for, you know... Uh, there are some funny people around who don't like policemen for some reason. So we have to be a bit careful with social media and so on. So it's sufficiently blurred and weird uh, for no-one to be able to identify him, but I know it's him, and I know he's there. Nice. He's, he's a lovely lovely chap and it's a constant reminder so i'm very happy about that yes
1: well i look forward to hearing your wife's reaction to the gift that you got her for your birthday to her um so exciting exciting
0: it is do you know it's i'm um, I, I that's a so having a birthday and giving presents to everyone else as an unconventional birthday i think i do you know i that would give me a lot of um pleasure actually to on my birthday to make that, it sounds a bit like I'm, you know, a, a saint, but I'm, I'm not. Um, but I, I just, I, I'm much better at giving presents than receiving them. I'm hopeless at receiving presents.
1: Well, well, that's why I'm annoyed that you couldn't do what you're doing with me today, because it would have been a very awkward, I hate opening all these, there's so many presents in there, JB. Anyway, um, we have an announcement, um, we aren't going to have time to talk about what we're doing in the next week, so we'll just debrief oh, yes. We'll debrief um, on the next episode what we did in the last few days, because I don't even think we've talked about anything other than your birthday today, so anyway... Um, It's all about me. It is, it is. And um, to allow us to give more opportunity to me, as in JB, we are going to have a slight change of approach with the podcast in a few weeks. And in fact, I think we're going to try and do a pilot one, which me and JB need to schedule, and maybe we have a chat later about that. Um, The idea is that we are going to introduce a live audience to our podcasts. So you have a chance to sign up and we'll post on social media how you can do it to sign up and join us as we record the podcast live. And we will have our usual two or three articles and then we will have our listeners questions and you can come into the audience and you can ask the questions anonymously as many of you always do anyway, or you can name yourself in the question. But of course you can witness the recording and you can use emojis in the room as well and (laughs) laughing, crying, whatever it might be. And of course the other advantage is you'll be able to see me and JB's faces as we see each other when we record it because I guess this is an audio wonderful experience. Now, it's worth also highlighting that when the recording is done, it still gets uploaded to the normal platform. So if you can't make those sessions, don't worry, it will still be available an hour after recording on the various providers but if you um, like this idea then happy days you can join me and JB each week live as we record the Global Leadership Podcast which will be also part of the Tri-Digital Learnings offerings and it just it, it kills two birds with one stone although me and JB will have to cut out the the poor language but we will not cut the smut
0: well that's not going to be difficult for me because I never fucking swear it's you
1: bullshit you're always swearing your head off bollocks Um, I've been Anthony Price (laughs) I've been JB I'm
0: so excited about my birthday I forgot who I was anyway it's it's my birthday and wishing you all happy birthdays when your birthdays come and remember uh, that it's not always about receiving it's about giving on your birthday and that's what I'm going to do today after this I'm going to go and give this picture to my wife goodbye goodbye